Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Justin Fields came in on Monday with a sore hip. We sent him to get an MRI. That showed that he had a strain. Uh, he's not going to be at full speed this week, and the medical staff has ruled him out. Yeah, just on that, um, it was a rollout play. I kind of got tackled weird to where my hip got kind of twisted up. You know, I felt fine afterwards. Just got it stretched out and worked on a little bit. Fields under pressure, takes off, picks up the first down across midfield. Still going. Justin Fields inside the 20, down to the 10, and finally brought down at the Lions' 8-yard line. Now, it's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Here's Kevin Powell. One more to go for the Chicago Bears. Justin Fields is done for the season. A hip issue is going to keep him out of the season finale against the Minnesota Vikings Sunday at Soldier Field, a noon kickoff. I think it's the right call. There's no reason to push Justin Fields at this point. There's been a ton of Justin Fields conversation since that loss to Detroit, which I think upset a lot of people and had people looking to the future and wondering if Justin Fields is the guy. I think he's the guy. I think they need to put a lot of pieces around him, and uh, another offseason of, of adding around Justin Fields I think will be huge. It is a much-anticipated offseason for Ryan Poles and the Bears, um, but Fields will be heading into his third season, and uh, just a lot of Bears thoughts on episode 59 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. I appreciate you listening. I'm Kevin Powell. Once again, it's Herb Howard joining me. He's from the Bigs. They cover the uh, the entire Chicago sports scene. Herb uh, covers the Bears, does a great job doing. So lots of Bears thoughts, Justin Fields, a little bit on this upcoming game uh, against the Vikings as well, and even looking ahead to the draft and the offseason as well. A conversation with Herb Howard from the Bigs. Now joining me once again on the WGN Radio Football Podcast is Herb Howard from the Bigs, covers the Bears, does a great job. He's been on this podcast plenty of times this season. And Herb, uh, I think that Detroit game really sparked a lot of uh, takes and some conversations with uh, with members of the media and fans and social media where where do I even begin? Um, you know, some people are floating the idea of Bears drafting a quarterback wherever they land, whether it's that top pick, which is probably unlikely, but unlikely, but a possibility. They're going to draft one through four. I've seen that popping up, and I think the rash like people are thinking that maybe because there is so much to do with this roster, and if Fields' rookie contract doesn't line up with it, I will say this about Justin Fields: as as his season is officially over, he's ruled out for Sunday's game against the Vikings. There's nothing definitively saying that he's a bad passer, and there's nothing on his NFL resume that's necessarily definitively saying he's he's a bad passer, good or bad, right? Like. Sure, he only threw for over 200 yards twice this season. Uh, he had some flashes of great throws, and there were some moments, not a lot of them, where he just kind of stood in the pocket, went through his progressions, delivered the ball in time. So he was much more of a passer than a runner in college. But it's just – and I think that this conversation doesn't pop up if that Bears game against Detroit doesn't look as bad as it does. I think if Fields had one of his more typical games where they were kind of moving the ball, scoring some points, maybe not passing a ton, but Fields had – and he did have a couple explosive plays. And even Luke Getze said he didn't play bad. But I think that blowout loss left a, a sour taste in a lot of people this season. And it has sparked this conversation about Justin Fields and the future. He's going to be going into year three of his rookie contract. I will say this, Herb, that before the season 
and I'm saying a lot here. I'm gonna give you the I'm gonna give you the floor in just a sec, her. But I'm kind of just laying all my thoughts out here. Before the season, what what did we know about the Chicago Bears? We knew they didn't have a whole lot in the playmaking department in 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 receivers. Offensive line was shaky, and the defensive line. During the season, those were three areas we talked about. And then now as the season ends, those are the three areas we're talking about. And now Justin Fields, too. I think that Justin Fields has shown enough this year where he absolutely is worthy of another full year of evaluation. Because I think, and Matt Eberflew said it the other day, it was kind of tough to get a complete, full evaluation of Justin Fields because of the rotating parts around him and because of so many factors. The offensive line was bad. He doesn't have a lot of receivers. Next to nothing there. So, what, for whatever reason, Herb, this is kind of this conversation over the past week, and I think mostly it's because they got blown up in Detroit and it's the recency bias and people are thinking about that and how bad it all was. That was a whole lot. I just like, where do you stand with Fields and the approach to this offseason, and how do you think Iberfus and Poles view Fields? Yeah, Casey, I think I think that that Detroit game was just one of those situations where you know this team has kind of tried to hold the line for as long as they can, and eventually you just run out. They just they just they haven't had enough all season, and eventually you just run out of even the ability to kind of fight and keep it close. I think that's what you saw in that Detroit game against a very highly motivated team in Detroit that's been playing really, really good in their stadium while the Bears continue to suffer more and more attrition in terms of injuries. So I think that what we saw in Detroit was not surprising. I'll say not surprising just in, when you look around this entire roster, what they have a wide receiver, what they have at offensive line, and the fact that Justin Fields is still a very young quarterback continuing to develop in his second system in as many years. And so – I think that for people who have wanted to um, kind of uh, downplay his ability or say that they aren't convinced that he is the quarterback of the future for this team, then that game just gave them uh, reason to, to kind of validate that argument if that's what they choose to do. I don't choose to do that. I've seen Justin Fields make the throws that he needs to make in the NFL. I've seen him make all of those throws. He hasn't done it. A lot. He hasn't done it with any sort of consistency, but that, as much as it is about him, and again, I'm not, I'm not absolving him. He is still developing, but that is also about the things that he has around him, the wide receivers, the offensive line. All those things matter, and so I think that, as much as anything, is what you saw against Detroit. I think that Justin Fields is the Bears' quarterback of the future. I think that once once they surround him with sufficient elite level talent, and not just try and project guys that are really number two, number three wide receivers into number one receiver roles or not try and hope that you can, you know, have lightning strike in the bottle with your fifth-round rookie left tackle, even though they got 17 stars out of Braxton Jones and he does have some traits that I like going forward. But you've got to get real elite-level talent around Justin Fields, and that is the only time I think we'll see his full potential on display. Yeah, and this is going to be a crucial third year for Justin Fields because I think we all agree they're two off-seasons away probably from being a real legit contender. Because they have because they have so many holes, I think Justin Fields right now is a luxury for the Bears. I, I think Ryan Poles is lucky to have inherited Justin Fields. I know some have pointed, well, yeah. you know, they might have a top pick. Ryan Poles didn't draft him. It's like who cares? Just evaluate him like you would evaluate any other player. He he's fortunate yeah. to have stepped into that role and have Justin Fields on the roster. I will say too, when we're looking at the draft, and some people are saying, hey, maybe draft Bryce Young or do this or that. Like, I, there are bigger holes on this roster, as crazy as it might sound, because it's the Chicago Bears, than the quarterback. Like, they have so much work to do in the offensive line, in the defensive line. 
And I just think there are going to be some opportunities here to add some real playmakers, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. And you and I talked a little bit about this in the past, Jalen Carter, Will Anderson. We'll see how all of that plays out. We have a long way to get there. But I think Justin Fields right now, going into year three, he's going to be, we think, if you know, the same system going into next year and some pieces around him. And then you feel a lot better going into that, that final fourth year of his rookie contract with another offseason to add pieces. But I, I don't think you... For people who say he's a bad passer, I I just you're, you're, that's just lost perspective there. I mean, I'm not saying he's a good yeah, passer because it's not on the tape yet, at least not at the NFL level. But how how could you say he's a bad passer when all things considered, what we've been talking about all season, no offensive line, no receivers. Yeah, I mean, you've seen him make the throws it, again, not with any consistency, not with any regularity throughout the course of the season. But have you seen him make the deep out from the opposite hash? You've seen him. Have you seen him throw on time with accuracy and rhythm? You've seen him do that. Have you seen him fit the ball into tight windows? We've seen him make these types of throws. Throw the ball with anticipation. Throw the ball on the run, outside the pocket. We've seen him do those things, right? So you know that he has the ability to do those things. It's not like, oh, can he even do those things? Yes, he can do them. Now, he needs to do them more consistently. And that is partially on him, but there is a cumulative effect to playing behind an offensive line that cannot consistently provide a clean pocket. You start to feel like the pocket is breaking down, even in instances where they are where the pocket is, is pretty clean and you do have a little bit of time. And so people will take those snapshots and they'll say, say, see, he has, he's got a clean pocket and he's got a receiver running up and down the field and he didn't pull the trigger. Okay, that's fine. If you want to just use that snapshot to paint your narrative, then you go right ahead. But you have to look at the, the full picture. What were the what were the previous five or six dropbacks like? How quickly was pressure getting to him throughout the course of the game, throughout the course of the season, and what impact that naturally has on a quarterback that kind of speeds up that mental clock? How frequently did he have wide receivers running wide open down the field? It was very very rare. So as he snaps the ball, he's already thinking one, the defensive line is going to be in the backfield very very quickly, and two. My guys are not going to be wide open down the field. And so on the off chance that you can find a snapshot where the pocket is clean and there's a guy running up and down field, like, oh, see, he missed it. I told you he's not a good quarterback. Well, put yourself in those shoes and see if you can actually find those answers that quick under the constant pressure and the rest he's been under. And so I'm not trying to make excuses for him. I'm trying to paint a full picture for people to say, this is why you may miss some of these things. And I, I, I see... I, I see the pundits, I read the comments, I, mean, I read the comments and all those types of things, I get it. But I've seen this kid do all the things that you would want your number one elite-level starting quarterback in the National Football League to do. He needs to do it with consistency, but he's going to need some help around him. And so you got people talking about, you know, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud and all these quarterbacks that are going to be coming out, and, you know, Ryan Poles needs to look at them. If he's talking about, you know, best player available, these are the best players, okay, fine. Right, if you want, if you want to look at them. But to your point, KP, quarterback isn't the biggest hole on this team. That's not their biggest need. Right, it, they're they're fine at quarterback. They need help at defensive line, offensive line, wide receiver. That's where they need to be focusing their attention, not on the quarterback. Yeah, and I think that, you know if they do go a quarterback route, which I just really don't see happening. I think it's just because of the way the contract is and you kind of reset two years on that rookie contract and Pulse thinks this is going to take longer than than it might. Personally, I think it would be reckless to move on from Justin Fields after what we've seen from him out of this year. And 
You know what I mean? Like that would just be ridiculous. So I mean, the explosive play, the amount of talent he has, like to not give him a real opportunity to go out there. Imagine Justin Fields with a real stud offensive line, Herb. I I just Mm want to see it. Mm -hmm. I want to see it. It's it's been patchwork offensive line for the Chicago Bears since day one. And look, Tevin Jenkins had some flashes, maybe something in Braxton Jones. Look, they could get rid of the entire offensive line this offseason. I don't think anybody would care. Same with the defensive line. They've got to completely rebuild both sides of the trenches here. So, I don't know. I, I just really think that Detroit game, like, ticked everybody off, and they're like, well, is Justin Fields the guy? Should they move on? Abroad? Like, what are you talking about? Like, give Justin Fields some weapons. Give him some time. Like, how could we possibly be after two years of Justin Fields and the flashes of greatness he's shown? And I'm with you, Herb. It's not like he's been insanely inaccurate or anything or missing throws. It's happened, sure. No. He's hit on yeah. a ton of throws that's like, that's an NFL throw. That's an NFL mm-hmm. throw right there. So mm-hmm. he can mm-hmm. make, he, like you said, he can make every throw. Just this past weeks has been wild seeing some of the takes, man. I'm like, I, I just, I, I don't know how they could not uh, invest into different parts of this team and try to build around Justin Fields. It would just be crazy to me if they didn't. No, that's what they got. That's what they got to do. You got to build around Justin Fields, and you know, you can talk about trying to, to reset the clock for the GM or for the head coach, but that 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 doesn't always work. We heard the same right. thing about Ryan Pace when they got Justin Fields. Oh, they just reset the clock and they're going to get more time. No, you are not. It doesn't take that long to rebuild this thing if you know what you're doing, if you're evaluating talent, if you're building this thing the right way. You can go worst to first really quickly in this league. We saw the Cincinnati Bengals get themselves a quarterback, get themselves a number one receiver, and boom, they're in the Super Bowl. Like It, 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 it can happen. We saw everybody talking about Jalen Hurts coming out of school and his first couple years in the league and all he can't throw and his throwing motion is bad and his, his release is too slow and he's inaccurate. And then you get him with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown and an all-pro offensive line, and now the kid's going to win MVP. Like, it, 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 it can happen quickly, but this is the ultimate team sport. You need pieces around you. I don't care how God-gifted you are as a talent. You need pieces around you. There's no doubt Justin, Justin Fields has the physical tools. We know he has the athleticism, he has the feet, he has the speed, but we've also seen his arm talent. He can make every single throw on the field that you want. The deep ball, he throws it with accuracy, he throws it with touch, he gives the receiver the chance. Give him a receiver that's going to go up and get the majority of those balls. Give him a legitimate number one receiver. Don't try and make twos into ones and threes into twos. Get him a number one receiver that can push the depth try to wide receiver down from the top. And now maybe you have Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney as your two and three. You still got the EQ that they just extended. Now you got a real formidable core of wide receivers. Then you got to do something with that offensive line. I think you may want to go there first, right? I want to go defensive line, offensive line, maybe even first. You got to get the trenches. You got to do something with that. Like the, the, the front defensively has been poor all season long. You got your rookie strong safety leading you in facts. That can't be the case, right? So you gotta think that there's there's so many other things on this team that need to be addressed, but we spend so much time trying to figure out if this kid who we've seen make chicken salad all year is the answer. He 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 looks like the answer to me. It's no slam dunk, right? Like it's quarterback spot. A lot of things can happen. Um, I I, sure. I I still feel very good about Justin Fields. I, I I yeah. It's there's a lot to do with this roster, and look. 
if they have one of those top two picks, it opens up a lot for them in the draft because of, you know, I mean, there's a possibility, who knows, like a team gets desperate, all of a sudden the Bears have, I don't know, two first round picks this year. And maybe you can use one of those first round picks to trade. You know, there's just so many possibilities, yeah. and we have about four months until we get there. But um, it's a tough spot, KP. Because I, I like I, I don't know. Do I don't know if I want Jalen Carter or if I want the pick because I think that kid is a stud. And I think you can put him in the middle of your defense right now and drastically change things to it. So I don't really, I don't want to pass him up. But I would also love a huge haul if you get the number one pick or the number two pick, and somebody wants to come up and get a quarterback. I, that's a that's a I guess it's an enviable position, but it's still a tough decision to be to make. It is. I mean, there's a possibility though they do they do. Let's just say they have the sec, second pick. There's a possibility that they trade de, trade down, and it's only a couple of picks, and they still have an opportunity for Jalen Carter. Like who know who Ooh. knows? I, I'm just throwing that. They, that's a possibility. Who knows how you know? Yeah. There's how many quarterbacks are going to the first round? We got uh, Bryce Young. We got C.J. Stroud. Uh, the Kentucky guy Levis, and uh, I think it's Levis. Uh, so like three, yeah. probably three or four quarterbacks in the first round, likely. Sure. Um, you never sure. know. Who knows? It could go quarterback, quarterback, and Bears maybe go from one to three. Whatever it might be. There's we have so much time to talk about that, but um, a lot of possibilities. Are you excited for the uh, the Nathan Peterman start on Sunday, Herb? Oh, I'm excited. I can't wait to see Nathan Peterman get out there and do his thing. I think he's going to ball out. No, I'm, I, I, I'm not excited about it, KP. I, I think that, I mean, they'll, they'll give an opportunity to look at some young guys on the bottom end of the roster, maybe some guys that have been inactive, some guys have been, you know, third-string guys or practice squad guys. Get a look at them, see if these are guys that you want to keep around for the spring, bring back in the summer, those types of things. So I think that can be good. But if, if, as far as anything else, I don't think there's a whole lot to evaluate, I think that a lot of these Bears players will be looking to put some good things on tape. It's a bit of an audition, not only for the Bears, but for the other 31 teams, for a lot of these young kids on the back end of the roster. And so I think they're going to be looking to, to, to put some good things on tape. And I'm excited for some of those guys to, to, to be able to, you know, go out there and, and be on the active roster and see, you know, what they can put on tape. Can they impress Ryan Poles, Matty Riffles? Can they impress another, you know, organization throughout this league? And so I think you're going to have a bunch of guys that are going to go out there and play hard. It's a home game. It's the last game of the season. So I think they'll play hard. I think Nathan Peterman will play okay. I don't think uh, – hopefully he'll take care of the ball and, and give them a chance. But this isn't a team that's going to be able to uh, beat the Minnesota Vikings. It's not like the Vikings don't have anything to play for. You're still talking about, you know, uh, seeding and positioning uh, for the playoffs. And so I think that, you know, ultimately the Vikings will win the game. It's not going to be an exciting game for the Bears or anything like that. But – it is an opportunity for some of those young guys on the back end of the roster. You asked uh, Matt Eberflus that uh, you know the optics of shutting down Justin Fields could, uh, to some, come off as waving the white flag, and, and Matt Eberflus was adamant that Fields wouldn't. He didn't clear the first step of the whole process of getting back on the field, which is which is clearance mm-hmm. from the doctors. He said they, they they didn't clear him, and then it's over from there. Uh, he said, right. and then he was, you know, proposed, hey, if this was a playoff game with Justin Play, and Matt was like, right. no, no, the doctors didn't clear him. And I'm like, if this was a playoff game, would they even have sent him to get that MRI? I don't know about that. Right. Um, right. Look, I, I mean, I, I'm sure you're okay with sitting fields. I'm okay with it. I, I actually believe in what uh, Eberflu says, unless things get completely out of hand, which they kind of did against Detroit. That if he's out there, you are taking something in. They are. Every player is taking something in. As long as Fields isn't completely getting, 
you know, tossed around out there, although the Detroit game did get pretty ugly. So I, I would have been like, if he was fully healthy and they were like, he's fully healthy, I'd be like, fine, play him. You know, the experience is experience. But they look, they found they had they had something, right? It was a hit. Shut him down. Like, there's there's absolutely no reason to push it at this point. No, there's no reason to push it. I mean, you, you, you've, you've, you've had enough time to evaluate him. You either know what he is or what he isn't, you know, based on your perspective or your evaluation of him. And so I don't think you're going to learn anything more about him as a player against the Minnesota Vikings in Week 18. And so go ahead and shut him down. And, if, you know, you need, the, you need the doctors to write you a note. Fine, get the doctors to write you a note and say the kid can't come to school this week because he's sick. No problem, right? We're, we're, we're fine with that. And so uh, I have no issue with them, you know, pulling him. I don't think it's them, you know, tanking or anything like that. I think tanking is something that would tend to happen, you know, three, four, five weeks ago. But last game of the season, I don't view it as a tank so much as, you know, they're literally just waving the white flag and say, hey, we're, we just don't have enough anymore. I mean, we've been in the locker room all week, KP. You see they've got extra makeshift lockers in the middle of the Bears locker room right now because they've had to sign so many guys as so many other guys have gone to IR, but they still got their main locker. So you got to bring in these temporary lockers and put them in the middle of the locker room just to have enough space for all these new guys. It's like they're walking around up there and they kind of need to go back to training camp practices okay. where you put the names across the helmet just so you know <laughs> who all these people are. And, you know, I think that's just as much as anything, that's just where they are. And, you know, I, I don't want, you know, my – potential future franchise quarterback playing with a lot of these guys, quite frankly. I mean, no knock on them, but it could get dangerous out there. You're talking about how many offensive linemen are you now? You're talking about no Tevin Jenkins, no Michael Schofield. Like, it's, it's, it's a little dangerous out there. And so I think as much as anything, they're waving the white flag more so than, than, than tanking. It's a, it's a smart decision. Uh, just any other final thoughts, Herb, before I let you go on just – how this season has kind of gone and fields and really anything else? Because I love your thoughts on Bears. No, man, I appreciate it, KP. And thanks again for having me, man. It's always a pleasure to talk Bears with you. My, my biggest thing from from this season is just the, the foundation, right, in terms of how they want to play the game that Coach Eberflus and his staff and even Ryan Pose have kind of laid going forward. Now, they're, they're going to have to re-implement that, that philosophy again, because I imagine there's going to be 60, 70% new guys in this locker room next year. But I think that they've shown that they're going to fight. They're going to compete. They're rarely going to beat themselves. Uh, they've showed the ability to stay upbeat and not start a lot of infighting. They remain uh, confident and, and, and positive in terms of the locker room energy. And so I think that that bodes well for the type of environment that, that Coach Eberfuss and his staff are building and once once you have actual horses and again I don't want this I don't want to disrespect the guys that are on this team mm-hmm. they're in the NFL everybody's in the NFL they really 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 good football players but there's levels to it and they need to get to the highest level if they want to compete for a Super Bowl and so once you get guys that can actually do that and you still have the culture that they're setting in that building right now I think it's going to be really really positive and so that's my biggest takeaway is just that I've been impressed with Coach Eberflus. And, you know, the way he's gone about implementing his philosophy or putting his, his imprint on this team. Uh, I said how I feel about Justin Fields. I think he's their quarterback. I think he is the quarterback that can lead the Chicago Bears to their next Super Bowl. I believe that. Um, you got to put more talent around him this offseason. They need to target defensive line, offensive line, wide receiver. I do not think it's impossible to solve 
or answer a lot of those questions this offseason. I agree with you. They're going to need another offseason to be legitimate contenders for a championship. But I think they can go from in one offseason, I think they can legitimately be in the playoff conversation next year. They could be a playoff team next year if you can find some difference makers on the defensive line, offensive line, and a legitimate number one receiver. Now, you got to evaluate the free agent class. you got to evaluate the draft class and say, okay, which one of these positions do we need to target in free agency? Which one can we wait to the draft? If you're comfortable with your draft position and you think, hey, we're going to take Dalen Carter, so cool, we, won't, we, won't, we don't need to spend there on the defensive line in free agency. Fine, or maybe you go get an edge rusher in free agency. And so maybe you say, okay, well, what's available for us uh, with the wide receivers? It's a thin market for, for free agent wide receivers in the league this year, but maybe you can find a, a trade partner or something like that. So they've got options, but I think that they can get some of these things answered this offseason, and then next offseason you, you'll be looking to put the final touches on a team that's ready to compete for a Super Bowl. Uh also, real quick, what do you think? Of, first of all, Demar Hamlin, some good news today. His uh, yes, breathing yes, on yes. his own. He's facetiming with his teammates. Uh, it was just yeah. a horrible scene in Cincinnati, but thanks to the team physicians and the doctors in Cincinnati, he is progressing well. And uh, it was scary there for a while, Herb. Um, I, I would just say it's just great. It's just we're getting good news. Like as we record this, like in t- two hours ago was the news that he's Facetiming mm-hmm, with his teammates, mm-hmm. and great news from the doctors yesterday. It has led to a. Uh, if there's anything you want to talk about with with Demar Hamlin, feel free. Um, it, it it has though uh, turned the playoffs into uh, a, a bit some craziness going on because we we're looking at a possible coin flip to determine home field. We're looking at a, a potential neutral site. Uh, for the AFC Championship game, the good news is he's he's doing well, obviously. But there are games yeah. to be played, and the AFC playoff picture just got to it's, – it's complicated. I'm reading through this thing. I'm like, I got to read through this a few times, all the amendments they made to the rules. So it's it's great to see DeMar, though, doing doing much better. Yeah, that's the first and foremost thing, that, that, that he's getting better, and it seems like – you know, the the best-case scenario has played out in terms of what we saw. We all saw a very frightening thing happen out there on that field on Monday night, and nobody knew if that kid was going to, you know, survive. And for him to now be, you know, breathing on his own and communicating with his teammates, that's phenomenal. Um, so that, that, that's number one. But then the show must go on, right? And it, it was insensitive to think that the show was, must go on on Monday night that his brothers who put in 14, 15 hours a day with him that just watched him maybe die on the field um, are going to then go back to playing a football game. That was very insensitive for anybody to think that that game should have continued. But after that, then you got to get back to the business at hand, which is the National Football League, and the show must go on. They figure out a way, you know, okay, there's not a, a, a reasonable logistical way to – uh, make up that game. So they're not going to make it up. Okay, but then how does that impact everything else going forward? They've put it all into their calculators and did everything they need to do, and they've come up with what they're going to go with. And so, yeah, it could it could create some interesting scenarios and some neutral site championship games, which would be interesting. But uh, ultimately, it's just really, really good to know that DeMar Hamlin uh, is, is improving, and hopefully he's going to be okay. The football will take care of itself. And if you have to have an AFC championship game that's played on a neutral field, then so be it. That's just what it is. But, uh, again, the, the most important thing is, is that kid. So I'm, I'm really, really happy 
that, that he's improving. That's Herb Howard covers the Bears for the Bigs, and I can't thank you enough, Herb, for jumping on so many times this season. It's been so great talking to you. We've got this is an exciting offseason ahead. There's there should be a lot of action, and when the draft comes, the the Bears conversation will not lighten up uh, through at least April in the draft, and we might have. A little bit of time before camps, but I think the, the the Bears will be top of mind for everybody throughout this offseason because it does feel like a crucial offseason. So I will talk to you soon, my friend. I will see you uh, up at Soldier Field on Sunday. And uh, thanks again, Herb. I appreciate the time. Always a pleasure, KP. Thanks for having me. And that's going to do it for Episode 59 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Thanks to Brian Altimer and Ernie Scatton for their help producing the podcast. Thanks to Herb Howard from the Bigs for joining me once again. Thank you for listening. This is the WGN Radio Football Podcast.